Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Guess what, guys? The Hail to the District podcast is not dead. Uh, so right. welcome back to this special edition of the podcast. And I'm, I'm calling it special because, for starters, this is the first episode we've done in like six months. Uh, not intentionally, and I don't want this podcast to die. We've put in way too much... Um, sweat equity among other equities and uh i know it's a sunk cost at some level but i still don't want it to die but just uh, life tends to get in the way as things are apt to happen as such but it's also special using air quotes on that because it's um it's not only about a subject that's very near and dear to my heart and as we were just discussing online when it comes to, uh, offline excuse me when it comes to the nfl draft a topic that i spend way 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 too much diving into um but also because it's one of our first true forays into the world of betting and odds and things like that um and given the latter i'm actually more than pleased to have my great friend uh long time long contributor contributor feels understated it's long time um i don't even know the word for it right now it's a little late in the evening but uh member of the hail to the district podcast and newly christened degenerate gambler john on this episode so john thank so excited that it will be easy to gamble on the nfl draft this year in the state of maryland as opposed to last year where and last year just wasn't as an as an appealing it, it just wasn't an ent- interesting draft it wasn't. i think this draft has a lot of intrigue so it presents a lot of opportunities so i think there's some there's some craziness there's some numbers that are all over the place numbers have been going wild over like the past two weeks so when you look at things and, and where they've swung even if you just look at the first pick yep. and look at where the, basically it was it was a kind of dead even between cj stroud and and bryce young and now it's swung completely one direction yeah and we'll dive much into that in fact i'll use that as a beautiful segue um this is going to operate for me selfishly it's kind of like a mock draft v 1.1 of sorts uh you'll hear me allude to the fact that i did a mock draft v version one a couple of weeks ago check out my twitter profile or my sub stack if you haven't seen it already um in terms of that what we're going to basically do is project out the first 10 picks of the draft more importantly or more relevantly uh we're going to be talking about where you could or should be making your wagers based on the odds available for those first picks of those draft and then from there dabble in a whole bunch of like prop bets or whatever you want to call it um that are related to obviously the draft in the first round and for full disclosure um everything that i'll be discussing and john's going to interject for any other sports books but everything that i'm mentioning is going to originate from what i've seen on FanDuel or DraftKings. and i'll try to call out which bet can be made where or which odds are available where but that's the two houses that i'm kind of houses i'm mentioning because i just got done watching game of thrones finally um but those are the two houses of which i am um, referring to but if there's other books john please feel free to keep me honest um, I think FanDuel and DraftKings uh, will give you a, a reasonable sect. Uh, I will stipulate, as always, be sure if there's a bet you like, shop around. Yeah, because there's, there's some numerous there's some wonk that you can look at, and you you can you can find better numbers at different sites. So, so there's about four that I use and kind of rotate through, and uh, so I always check because it's all about what you're going to get paid out. So John alluded to the number one overall pick in the intro, and we'll go ahead and start there going through kind of the first 10 picks of the draft. And I want to be very clear about this. This is not, this is a very quick aside. This is my old man yelling at cloud ranting. If you've read any of my mock drafts before, you'll know this. This is not who we think 
a team should do, what right. we project a team should do. This is what we think will happen. We are projecting what will happen. Mock drafts who tell you what a team should do are absolute piles of horseshit. They don't mean anything. This is what we believe teams will do. This is what we are recommending for leisure and entertainment purposes only, where you could or should put your wager if one were so inclined to do so. So with that being said, first and foremost, the number one overall pick. If you're feeling lucky and really feeling real frisky, you can find odds on CJ Stroud somewhere in the neighborhood of plus 800, I think on DraftKings to plus 1000 on FanDuel. Um, Honestly, if you were me, you'd just rather take that money and donate it to favorite local charity because it's going to be Bryce Young. Like, yeah. at this point in time, I would be astonished if it is not Bryce Young. I have my my initial bullshit detector was going off with that, but like, there's way too much smoke around this. It's going to be Bryce Young, and the odds are gross. It's like minus two thousand. Two thousand. So oh, yeah. It, so don't even wager on it. Pass that one up. Let it go. Not um, worth it. It was an interesting uh, discussion a few weeks ago, um, as we said, but now it's, it's, it's a foregone conclusion in Vegas in this scenario knows best. Yep. So uh, unless you are a truly compulsive gambler or feel like throwing away your money for the sake the first th- mere thrill of it, again, as John said, don't stay away from it. Uh, don't even bother. Right now. Number two is where the fun really begins. Wonky. All right. So for right now, as of the thinking of about, I would say maybe about five days ago, everybody presumed going back to CJ Stroud that it could be him. And the books that I again going back to FanDuel and DraftKings, I'm getting you're getting plus four hundred for Stroud at number two at either one of those. I think the only way that you're going to get Stroud at the number two pick right now is Houston goads a team to moving up to number two. And I let me be very, very clear. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Houston's trading down from number two. So point of all of this is I don't think CJ Stroud at plus 400 is going at number two. I don't like that idea. There's some people who are theorizing that, oh, well, the Colts could trade up from number two to number four. How many times do you see an intra-division trade where one team is going to be like, hey, I'm going to trade with you to let you go up and get your quarterback of the future who could play us for the next 10 years? That's not no one never that that, that's not going to happen. I'm going to throw out the other one. Um, There's been this weird like undercurrent of like Houston could take Will Levis at number two. He's minus one forty on FanDuel, so he's the overwhelming favorite. It's preposterous. Why preposterous? Uh, It's a red herring. I I've 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 heard the rumor. I've seen the rumor. I don't put in a single penny of stock into that rumor. So this is like San Francisco trading up to number three and, and everybody and them saying it's Mac Jones, it's Mac Jones, when we all knew all along it was Trey Lance. They still there's still people revise with revisionist history trying to say like it was almost Mac Jones. I'm like, just no. stop. Just stop. You don't trade up to number three for Mac Jones, and you don't trade take Will Levis at number two. Uh, I'm sorry. It it's so again who is it? It's if it ended up be, so I know I'm going to contradict myself when I'm saying this. If Houston did end up taking Stroud at number two, I would not be that surprised. I wouldn't either. When you have the number two overall pick, the conventional thinking and the semi-logical thinking is go get your quarterback because Davis Mills, I'm sorry, like he Davis Mills is below average would be very complimentary to him. He's not better than Taylor Heineke. I'm sorry. He's not. He's absolutely not. And I mean, the the burgundy colored glasses society He's just not right. Um, Will Anderson at plus 340 on FanDuel and plus 500 on DraftKings just smells better and better every day, right? 
I mentioned this in my mock V1 um, and in for whatever it's worth, like I had a hard time. Everybody kept theorizing that, oh, well, Houston is just going to use number two on a quarterback and wide receiver. They just hired D'Amico Ryans as their head coach. I have a really hard time seeing a defensive head coach going for two offensive players with his first two picks. And there is the known Alabama connection between Belichick, Nick Saban and all of the refugees, if you will, from New England who are now located in the Houston front office, among others. That connection is very, very well there. That's why a lot of people theorized Bryce Young was going to be the guy that was going to go there. Um, Will Anderson fits the, oh, if we can't, the second most important team uh, player on a team, if you can't get the quarterback is to get the franchise edge rusher. I have my thoughts on Will Anderson. I'm going to save them from the big board that I'm dropping on Wednesday. But in terms of projecting who's going to go, Plus 500 is a very tasty. I like that. I, I, that is definitely worth a unit. Right. And not to mention on that, that's plus 500 on DraftKings on DraftKings. And the over under on DraftKings for where he goes is at three and a half. If he goes number two with the under being plus 175, parlay the shit out of it. I don't know if they'll let you parlay that. Um, but what you could do, what I would recommend doing in that scenario is probably pay, placing the larger wager on the under uh, three and a half and then sprinkle on the him going second overall. So if you want to do like a, a 75, 25 split, 25 on him going second, 75 on him being under three and a half. So yeah, no, that's, term, that's a really nice play. In terms of mock, like Will Anderson, as if, if, if the thinking as of today were to take place on Wednesday, uh, Thursday, Will Anderson's going to be the number two pick. Uh, if I had to put my money on it, right? Or if I were to make recommendations of- I will put my money on this. I'm, right. lo- I am locking this in. It's it's in my notes. It's bolded. It's exclamation points. I'm all about this one. And plus 500 particularly. Like, right. come on, man. Yes. That right? is, that that is a, that's how, so from a gambling perspective, March Madness was fantastic. Uh, NBA regular season was good. NBA playoffs have been bad. So we got to start restocking this war chest. And uh-huh. this is how we do it. It's with Will Anderson. It's just, I mean, it, that just feels like a really bad market inefficiency right there. I don't, I, I don't know. Well, and we... also you can see the imbalance between the sports books because one book yeah. has them at 380 and another one has them at 500. Clearly there's value there when you have that much of a standard deviation between the, their, their lines. So th- this, I think there's, this is a massive window. So less deviation, but same level. I wouldn't even say same level of interest, but actually the most intriguing fulcrum from the draft, which anybody who's been following this should know. Moving on to the number three pick, uh, goes to the Arizona. It goes to the, for who is currently owned, excuse me, by the Arizona Cardinals. Right. Do they hold on to it? I, if you were to make a wager, if such a wager were available, that does Arizona yeah. hold on to the number three overall pick? I mean, the overwhelming sentiment would be no. And and there's right. that would least, be a minus one thousand. At least four teams you could rattle off the top of your head would be like are serious suitors for this pick. If nobody else, like if you want to go like the top two, you're probably looking at the Raiders and the Titans. Both of them are like seriously. I, I, if don't okay. you think the Colts also are in play because it would be such a small price for them to slide up one pick? I to say me, it's a small price. It's an 80-20, yes, but Chris Ballard, that bro, that dude hoards his draft picks like nobody else. He hates trading draft picks. I think it's only because crazy Jim Ursay comes into his office drunk as fuck and tells him to do it. That's the only way he'll trade his draft picks. Otherwise, Which Ballard will happen. 
Ballard is a very, very staunch build through the draft guy. But to you, to get back on point, yes, I think it is impossible. It is possible. And let's use that as a segue right there. Let's say Richards, actually, let's say Stroud falls to three. I think there's a world where the the Cardinals be like, yo, we've got, you know, we've got a bunch of teams. I want to move up to number three. Give us your best offer. And the Colts give whatever they give to move up one spot in order to secure Stroud. So you'd be um, looking at um, the, the fourth overall pick, a third round pick, a fourth round pick, and a, a, a third in 2024. 20, wow, that's a lot. To move that's up. a lot, actually. That's a lot to move up in one pick. <sighs> yeah. So, so which I is why I keep going back to like, I don't, I don't see Ballard doing Ballard that. would do that. Yeah. Unless, he abs- unless you love Stroud, and I don't think Stroud's that talent that you sell the farm for and i mean not that that's selling the farm but but the latest and hottest rumor that's coming off the presses right now is that vegas is going to move up to number three i mean it's not the latest that's been that's been there but moving up to number three originally i thought it might have been for a defensive prospect but they're sniffing around on stroud is what i have been hearing so i'm seeing stroud at plus 250 on FanDuel. i didn't see what it was on on DraftKings. Um, I think probably is very, very similar, but point being Stroud at number three, maybe it's the Raiders. It's certainly not the Cardinals. Um, maybe the Titans move up to go get him at number three. I think there's some value. It's not a great odds. Not well, there's not clearly great. not a favorite at this pick. I mean, and if then, you're, if your favorites at plus two fifty, exactly. Um, and then Tyree Wilson, who I'm getting plus two fifty at either. Yeah. I think their only way he goes at number that would be if Arizona keeps the pick. Arizona stays there if they don't get anything that they like. Again, I don't see that happening. Why would you do that? There's a bunch of people. Again, you're going to see where I put them in my big board. Uh, Spoiler: It's not in the top ten prospects for me. Um, He's not my also not in my top two edge prospects. Spoiler um, in terms of this draft. So everything. Yeah. So. Again, so I'm a little biased in terms of like how I feel about him in that regard, but there are teams who love him and there's a current belief that Arizona is wrestling to take, you know, wrestling as to whether they should take him or whether um, they should trade the pick. I think they're going to trade the pick because they got to rebuild that. They have, they have a hot mess over there. Such a mess. Yeah. They need to regroup. Such a mess. Um there's there's also if you're looking for value and you want to kind of you know throw a unit to the wind um anthony richardson at plus 350 you know maybe a tennessee or something like that gets spooked that indianapolis is going to take him lock stock at number four so they try to jump up and leapfrog indianapolis at number four but if stroud's available why would you take richardson like exactly that would be under the presumption, which I don't think is going to happen. That, like, you know, let's let's go say it goes Bryce Young, then CJ Stroud at number two, and now there's a people are panicking about a quarterback run again. That's it's like I said, throwing it, it, a unit to the a, wind. It's a scenario. It's a possibility, right. but I, I think with the option of Stroud being available at three, I don't, I don't buy Richardson. He's just so freaking raw. Um, he's such an unknown, and he. I, I, I get what he did at the combine, but he drastically underperformed in at Florida last season. And to me, that speaks a lot. I so. read this great quote today. I was reading, I'm reading this book and I read this great quote. We go, a gamble is something where if you screw up, it really hurts. And a risk is something you do where you can kind of overcome it. Anthony Richardson is not, isn't Anthony Richardson, such a gamble, such a gamble, but 
good lord there's so much to work with um I, i'll i'll save my thoughts on him another day but whew, i i see there is glaring 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 red flags but holy shit some and i'm not even talking about the combine put the combine aside i know he broke the combine i get it. I, I don't give a shit about that that's as people call it the underwear olympics i i completely i agree more and more and more about that stuff right but like some of the stuff that he, he does bring to the table you're like god damn but the confluence of events that will take Anthony Richardson to turn into, I'm going to spoil another one. Everyone keeps calling him uh, Cam Newton. My comp for him is Dante Culpepper. But like Ooh. the comp, the, the, the confluence of events that will take for him to turn into con Dante Culpepper is like so delicate and so intricate. Well, We, we all know that the, the with a first round quarterback, it, it's all coming down to a situation. Sports. Sports. And if you have the, and if he ends up in the right, in the right team with the right support system, he will flourish. Josh Allen looked like an absolute crazy pick to all of us. The guy yep. couldn't hit the broadside of barn nope. and he miraculously improved his accuracy, which most quarterbacks do never not do. do. Never, never do, but he did. And he had a great, and it's because he had a great support system in Buffalo. As um, everyone so is who, who knows me has heard me say at some point in time, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert has made me completely think think differently about the entire way we scout quarterbacks. Entirely differently. Yeah. I'm going to transition real quick to number four because I think the number four pick gets real interesting because now, now you are in a situation where I think Anthony Richardson is on the table and he's sitting at plus 300 to go to the cold. He's still the most still the favorite for number 4 as of the most recent thinking. I have dug deep into this. I have gone way down the rabbit hole. I have heard the Will Le- Indianapolis loves I'm seeing Will Levis at plus 100 on FanDuel right now. Why? Plus 110 on DraftKings, so it's it's equal in terms of that. The the latest rumor and I think it's uh I think Indianapolis is trying to call other teams bluffs, but the, uh, there's a bunch of people being like, well, Indianapolis kind of likes Will Levis. I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. It just, there's Will Levis and Anthony Richardson bring almost the same level of red flags to the table, almost right. the same level of red flags. And the upside of Richardson is significantly higher than Levis. Now the counter to that is the, the floor is way lower. The polish to Levis is much higher than what Richardson is right now. I will fully admit that. It's not, a, I shouldn't say much, but it's definitely, he's more polished than, than Richardson for sure. Um, I, I still think it's a red herring in terms of what the will, the will Levis at, uh, to Indianapolis. Um, and going back to Richardson, like I said, everything that I've heard from people that I, sources that I trust, things that I, sources that I read that I trust, it's Richardson, Richardson at number four. And if you want kind of going back to the number two scenario, like we were talking about with Molly Anderson, there's a bet on DraftKings for over under four and a half for Richardson with the under giving you another plus 250 there. I don't think Richardson gets out of the top four. I just don't. I, I don't either. And... I think it's definitely three quarterbacks taken in the, in the top four picks. And it's not Levis. I, I think Levis is the odd man out. Interesting. Uh, no, I agree. I don't, I don't even understand how Levis crept into this conversation and, and why he's the favorite in, in the book size. This just, it, again, it smells like Mac Jones and that's not a good smell. No. Thank you. Shit. Oh, um, okay. Number five, uh, Seattle. This one, uh, a lot of people are going to look at this it. This is and, a tough one. And one name is going to jump out in particular. And I'm going to tell you, don't take the bait here. So Jalen Carter 
again, spoiling my big board that's about to come out in a couple of days. Jalen Carter is the best prospect in this draft. I know about the off the field stuff. I know about the maturity stuff. I get it. I not that I don't care, but if you're just talking about best prospects in this draft, Jalen Carter is the best prospect in this draft. I'm, I'm sorry, he just is. So plus 800 on FanDuel and plus 600 on DraftKings. It's a red herring. It's another one. Don't 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 take the Ooh, bait here. Don't bite. Don't bite on this one. Seattle's not taking him. Like I'm I you know, you can cold takes expose me if I'm wrong, but right now I will say if Will Anderson makes it to 5, they will sprint up to the podium and they will take him. Will Anderson you're currently getting 250 on FanDuel, 200 on DraftKings. If he doesn't go before number five, he will definitely go at number five. I, I will I take that to the bank. And if Anderson is gone and if Seattle is picking between Tyree Wilson and Jalen Carter, I really strongly believe they're going to take Tyree Wilson. And he's so 250. Character that important to them that they would uh, go with Wilson as opposed to Carter? I think it's not character. They've taken, you know, they've, t- they've taken their chances, but from everything that I've read, it's not Carter. It's just, it's not there. Like for some reason, that's, that, that's not the direction they're going in. I think they don't, I think they've been burned by character a little bit, if you will. And um, I think they want particularly what they like the big measurable edge rushing types. And I think Wilson and Anderson fit much more of what they're looking for versus Carter. Like everything I continue to be able to read, it's like, it's not, it's not going to be Carter. I read something today where basically like Seattle wants everyone to think they're taking Carter. They're not taking Carter. I mean, fair enough. Cause I mean, they are the other, if there for some reason is a quarterback that slides, they're a possibility, even though they just gave Gino the bag. Um, he's also 30 and not a terrible long-term answer. And yeah, you at least I've, have to consider it. The, I, you have to consider a quarterback if one is available at five. I don't see them moving up though. I, I don't remember. I just don't think one will be there. I, I want to give credit. I think it was the guys on the athletic football podcast, Robert Mason and Nate Tice. I think they were the ones who originally broached this idea or kind of brought this into the discourse, but uh, I just don't see a team with Pete Carroll who is like, I don't know. He's old. He's on the old side. Trying to secure their quarterback of the future versus like being like, oh, we got a guy. Now let's just build out the rest of the team. Like point being, I think they want to win now type of player. And that's why I don't think they're going to do quarterback. And yeah, right. Right. They have a, they clearly have a, a, a playoff team. They need to, that I could see them wanting to build around that as opposed to rebuild, which is what a, drafting a quarterback would be. Yeah. And again, I think Tyree Wilson's about three years out if he's going to hit wherever he's going to hit. So, which is why I keep saying like, if it's Will Anderson, my thoughts on him, on him aside, um, it'll be him, but I don't think Anderson's making it to number five. So Wilson smells like the most obvious answer here. Um, it's not a good one. The odds aren't there. So, you know, proceed with however you will with that. But um, that's what I'm telling you, like for the latest Intel is uh, pointing towards. Um Moving towards number six. Number six. This is a really, um, this is a, a, a even less intriguing bet. Uh, this is going to be Devon Weatherspoon, and the odds on him are exactly where you would expect with that type of lock status. He's minus 120, minus 130 on the books. Like, don't bet. Like, you know, the, the only time if you really are feeling frisky and you want to bet on this is the idea that Detroit trades out. But I think that's less than a 25% chance, to be completely honest with you. You know, there's the idea 
that, um, you know, it's funny on FanDuel, you can't even get odds for him. And then on DraftKings, he's plus 3,000. Peter Skaronsky, the tackle slash guard from Northwestern, maybe there's a world where an offensive line needy team gets really itchy fingered and hopes he doesn't fall to number seven because the Raiders are definitely in play. Spoiler, I'll talk about that in a second. Um, so like maybe they try to leapfrog all of those guys. Um, there's also a universe where people think that like if Tyree Wilson falls to six, you right. know, uh, the the Lions would take him and to pair him next to Aiden Hutchinson. Um, but I don't know that high Wilson falls to number six more than like, would they take him like, you know, getting plus 1200 and like, those are tasty odds. I just, that would require four quarterbacks to go in the top five or Carter going in the top five, which are possible, but I just don't see that happening. Right. Um, so, so looking at, at other draft pos- or odd positions. So first cornerback drafted Devin Witherspoon was minus 125, which I think would have been a great value pick two weeks ago he's now at minus 200 so yeah. it seems like that's more of a foregone conclusion so if you want some if you've got a couple extra not extra if you have a significant chunk of money that you want to have a reasonable return on then then that, that that's a that's an option there um so i i think i would i think i would put my money more towards him being the first cornerback than trying to pinpoint where he's going to land it's probably the much that's a much safer bet. Uh, I would completely, I, I, I would be hard pressed to disagree with that. Um, putting a bow on that, some people will talk about Christian Gonzalez. Uh, love the dude. You're going to hear more about that shortly. He's a beast. But um, I, it just it feels like Spoon is the guy that they're going to pick over there. That's the one who they really, really want. And I don't blame them for that. I don't blame them for that. Uh, so, yeah, that's that. Um, I actually use that as a segue. So, Christian Gonzalez at number seven. So right now the Las Vegas Raiders emphasis on right now are the ones who own that pick. Um, Gonzalez at plus 250, 275 at FanDuel and DraftKings. There's a train of thought where if Vegas and Arizona flip flop three and seven and Arizona falls to seven, Gonzalez is going to be their guy at seven, which I could very, very well see happening. Okay. So plus two fifty, plus two seventy five, and do with it with with you will. It's not terrible, but it's not um, it's not amazing either. Um, the other one that I thought was interesting, again going back to Peter Skoronsky, you know everything you read out of Oakland, excuse me, the Vegas, um, is that the line is one of their biggest concerns. It would not be surprising if they took. Skoronsky there I had the Raiders going with him in my first mock for whatever that's worth and I still stand by the logic that I used in it um and plus 800 on FanDuel it's it's not a bad throw uh I don't love it in terms of like how much I feel at number seven at number seven for like if the Raiders were to stay at number seven Skoronsky I think is in the conversation is he the favorite my gut says no, but I think he's in the conversation for sure. So right now I'm I'm looking at it and I think there's been like a there's been a flip at, on the O line who's going to be the first one. It was Skaronsky and Paris Johnson. Yeah. And it's flipped now. Paris Johnson is the favorite at minus 175 and Skaronsky's at plus 200. And then again, if we're looking at the number seven pick, I'm I'm seeing plus 380 on and plus 600 for Skaronsky at number seven. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's what's the there's, difference between those two players? Cause I'm absolutely ignorant on them. Skaronsky and Paris Johnson. Yeah. Skaronsky is the best comfort you can give is um, when Zach Martin was coming out of uh, Notre Dame a few years ago. So the thinking behind him is like, he could be a good 
average to good tackle, and he could be a stud as a guard, right? Skaronsky so is uh they're different in terms of like Skaronsky is very like he's technically sound, he's very like he's good on his feet, really smart, polished. They talk about um, I can't remember which pod I was listening, but they talk about the fact that like he's his mechanics are so pure, so smooth. Like Brandon Sheriff was like a bar fighter to me, which which I, which is why I loved him, right? But he was like, you know, I just want to be like short arms. Isn't isn't that why he couldn't maximize his talent as a tackle? That's both of them. And I think Skaronsky's under 33. Like 34-ish is, and I know one or two inches, how much does that make a difference? It kind of does. It means a lot, let me but, tell you. But um yeah, but Skaronsky is much more of the technician. Um, he's, I think he's a little inflated because of the value of, or lack thereof in this class. Uh, but he's, he's, he could be very, very good as a guard. And I think that's ultimately where he ends up. But I would be very surprised. I don't think he's going to end up out of the top, outside of the top 10. I'm going to talk, I'm going to put Paris Johnson. Paris Johnson's much more of a big, burly, athletic tackle. Like he is a tackle. He, he's, going to be a really good right tackle and he could be very quickly a very good left tackle he you'd be stupid to move him inside you're wasting too much talent to do that um much more of a pure tackle prospect so uh i will circle back to that one because there's definitely much more conversation in a couple of picks about that um but let's move to number eight with atlanta because there's a that's really fun Um, there's there's a, a few really interesting um directions We'll start. We'll get the the, the stupid one out of the way. Um, B. John Robinson, running back B. John Robinson yeah. out of Texas. He's a dude. Plus two forty, plus two hundred. Stay the fuck away. It's not happening. Hundred percent. It's just not happening. It's, it'd, it'd be stupid on a variety of levels. Everything out of Atlanta. They're like, I don't know where this is coming from. It's not a thing. Um, you know, I, I know Corderell Patterson is not the answer, but Corderell Patterson just keeps ripping off big chunks of yardage as exactly. a exactly. They they have. They have dudes, and I'm blanking on the guy they drafted last year. Allgaier. Yeah. Right? Allgaier, Algier. One of, I can never get his last name right. But like, I'm going to call him Al- Algier. I right? think that, that sounds better. But, um, like, yeah, like it's – it's. Uh, I think they have more faith in him, um, pa- uh, coupling him with Patterson, um, to, that why would they spend a first-round pick? Because, again, I, I forget how many years Atlanta's been drafting in the top ten. It's something sick. Ever since the Super Bowl, hasn't it been like five uh, years? I think it's six, six or seven years that they've drafted in the top half of the draft. Yeah, that's disgusting. And right? So they can, and their roster's still a mess. I think the more disgusting fact to me, which is why this is where I would currently put my money right now, they haven't had a dude register more than eight sacks in a year in like since the Super Bowl. Right. Right. Since they did blew the 28 to three, they have not had one dude register more than eight sacks. It's pretty startling how long Atlanta has been really bad at rushing the passer. Um, Nolan Smith, the edge rusher from Georgia, right? Uh-huh. Everything you continue to read He's is like dra- such a beast. Tra- draft Twitter is like meh, blah blah blah, and everything you read from like front office sources, they're like he's going to go higher than you think. He's yeah. going to go higher. He's than an you animal. Think. Like he's- everything I've heard is that one one you're at Georgia, you're you're one of their top players on a top defensive unit, and he just balled out all the time. Number one recruit in the nation when he came out of high school. Uh, when Montez Sweat ran a four four one in the forty. People are like, what? A defensive end at 4-4-1? Nolan Smith did 4-3-8. Yeah. 
that's an that is legit wide receiver speed. Yeah, it's fast wide. I don't think any of the wide receiver like Zay Flowers, who's the fastest receiver in this year's draft, didn't run a four 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 three eight, right? Like it's bonkers. And he's right. 240 pounds, right? right. Like he's he's a he's a freak athlete. He is a freak, right? Ooh, I like this one. Plus like three hundred, plus two fifty, and then also on over under the DraftKings is ten and uh, over under a DraftKings is ten and a half with under being plus one thirty. So there's a little extra juice there. Um, he he's he's my favorite um, value. I think it's a little rich, but I would not be the slightest bit surprised if it ended up happening. I really wouldn't. Right. So again, I think I think we do the same premise that I said earlier. You take the under. With your sizable, it's just like if you if you like any team, if you like any underdog against the spread, you always sprinkle a little on the money line. The money line in this situation would be him going eighth overall. So you put 80% of what you want to wager on him against the under and you take the 20% and you put it on him going eighth overall. Now I will couch everything I just said with two caveats. In a perfect world, I think Atlanta is praying that Christian Gonzalez at plus 1400 is falls to them. I just don't think it happens, but I think I, this is really who Atlanta wants. This is definitely from everything I've read who Atlanta's fans want them to take. Um, so again, so, I think again, you could do a small sprinkle because it's at 1400. Yes. Right. And again, if, so if it were hedge. to fall out, we like, hedge it a little. If Skaronsky goes seven and, you know, and, and Tyree Wilson goes six and some weird shit happens and like, and, and Gonzalez is sitting there at eight, I actually think if in that let me be very binary about this. If Gonzalez is there at eight, they're going to take Gonzalez at eight. My affinity for Nolan Smith is under the presumption that Gonzalez is not there at eight. Gotcha. Right. Second caveat. I think there's a world. It's not a big one, and it is it's it would definitely be a fluke. I think there's a world where they go wide receiver again, because Ooh. outside of Drake London, they've got Mac Hollins and somebody else who I can't remember. Like it's they've Pitts. It's He's pretty terrible. No, it's not even Pitts. I'm, I mean, like at receiver, it's like it, Pitts is, Pitts is yes, a receiver. Pitts is their only receiver, and we all know that they love to make Pitts this glorified uh, 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 decoy, right? Because they don't throw him the fucking football, <laughs> so. For whatever reason, draft a number four tight end not to use him. It's brilliant strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it works out for them. Yeah. Um, bold strategy, Cotton, rather. Uh, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is a wild card. Um, he's not even on the board on FanDuel for them, and he's plus 6,500 at DraftKings. Um, I, I Again, I don't – I'm not – Yeah, we're, we're – I'm sorry. That's way too far out there. I, I don't – I think I think uh, Gonzalez is the, the sprinkle if you yeah. want a long shot. And then if you really are a compulsive, you know, throw yes. shit to the wind yes, gambler um, or like you just you you have money to piss away and you're in that type of situation. Miles um, Murphy is plus fourteen hundred and plus two thousand yep. as of as a last check. He was a guy I actually had in my last mock um, that I think his stock has cooled a quite a bit. But the thinking is if both the big defensive ends in uh, Anderson and Carter, excuse me, Anderson and Wilson are gone. And maybe the corners are gone. That'd be a really strange set of circumstances. I don't see that happening. Um, Murphy fits the archetype of what they look at in terms of a defensive end. Um, again, it's it's a real hail mary type of pick. But fourteen plus fourteen hundred plus two thousand. That's a thing. Fair enough. No, you you, you got to sprinkle in those long shots every now and then because uh, when they hit, they're the sweetest thing in the world. 
So what are we looking at at number nine then? So let's start with Jalen Carter at plus 300, which was the odds on favorite at uh, FanDuel. Uh-huh. What? That, that, that was one of those, like I did the Scooby-Doo, like, huh? When I saw that, like, did the books know something that I don't? Or is there like a, are a bunch of people throwing money in a direction that doesn't, that like they think is going to happen, but it's not going to happen? Like, I don't think Chicago is going to take Jalen Carter. Chicago is already in this precarious position where they just had the number one overall pick in the draft. They can't gamble on fucking it up, right? Like they can't as good as Carter is. And I know what I just said, and I stand by what I just said. They can't, they've got to go the safe route. More importantly, everything from sources that I trust in Chicago keeps saying, understandably, this is going to be the line. This is going to be someone to protect Justin Fields. Their offensive line is a hot mess. It hasn't really, they didn't really do that great of a job upgrading it in in, uh, free agency. They've got to put some studs on the line. This is where they circle back to the Paris Johnson conversation we were having just a few minutes ago. Uh, I was seeing 450 on FanDuel, 350 on DraftKings. 450 is a very tasty bet. Um, Point blank, I would be very surprised if Paris Johnson is not the pick. I think he's going to be the pick, straight up, right there. Uh, And also to kind of layer on some additional uh, sauce on there, the over-under on DraftKings is 9.5, with the under being plus 140. So I think Johnson goes at nine. I'll be just straight up about it. Um, if you they definitely want, need to address the line because they they have to protect the quarterback. They've got they, nothing at left tackle. I know they have their incumbent guy. I you can't put any stock in that. No, they feel fine at wide receiver. I may beg to differ, but um, nothing against DJ Moore. It's just the rest of the guys. But they the line is from. Everything that I continue to read, like this is the direction they're going to go. It's just a matter of which one. And to that end, if you want to Hail Mary or if you want to like hedge your bet somehow, I think there is a world where they look at the upside of Georgia tackle Broderick Jones, who's currently plus 1500, plus 1500. on um, FanDuel. And I could very, I, I would not be overly surprised. I'd be surprised if they passed on Johnson for Jones, but I wouldn't be overly surprised if they did. I know I just contradicted myself there. And then a couple interesting pieces on this. The over-under on DraftKings for Jones is 13.5, with under being plus 140. And then there's a prop bet on DraftKings that if he DraftKings, that if he draft Kings, that if he goes in the top 10, plus 500 on that. Right. So again, it's not in the spectrum of how much that's going to happen. You're probably looking at a 20%. I would put a strong 80% probability on Paris Johnson um, makes a lot of sense. And I, I think that's the, the general direction. They uh, Ryan Poles came out and said something in the off season about, they want to do like, they want to get really athletic guys in the offensive line. And like, that was just the MO on Johnson coming out of his pro day and everybody watching him. Like the dude can move for a guy, his size. It just makes too much sense. It would be surprising to go the other direction, but I do like Broderick Jones upside. And I think he is a very athletic tackle. I just think he's about three years away from being really ready. But we also know, like, in the NFL draft, like, just wild stuff happens. Wild shit happens. So, so people shoot off draft boards, and people are throwing smoke screens all the time. So if there's a a whiff that they might prefer, you know, a talented player from Georgia, um, you have to at least consider it. Um, Absolutely. Particularly that Georgia part that you just mentioned. The, the, the number one rule of scouting is never scout the helmet, scout the player, but people scout helmets all the damn time. All the time. Like how how many how many Alabama players have been have been plucked in the first round because of their Alabama players? Absolutely. And rightfully so. 
and, and, um, and I think it's going to actually get slightly more skewed with the fact that, you know, you have nil deals that can pay players to be on certain teams. Yeah, Jesus. So, that is the Pandora's bugs of all things. So I think I think we might see some more skewing um, in, in that direction. So wrapping up the top 10, what, what are we looking at? with the Eagles at number 10. And it, this is really heartbreaking that the Eagles coming off a Super Bowl defeat, thank God. So um, I'm, 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 I think the most Philadelphia thing right now would be for the Sixers to make the finals, which I don't want them to do, but then losing. That would be the most Philadelphia thing for them. To that do. would be the most Philadelphia thing. I don't think that's going to happen. But the sad part is, is that the Eagles are a good team. They're in the NFC East. They're not going anywhere. And they can reload real quick. And so they have the number 10 pick. So they have some fascinating options. And I hate that I'm saying this. They have some fascinating options available to them. Let's start with the ones that I literally like, I had to like rub my eyes two or three times because of the odds that I found. Um, Tyree Wilson at minus 400 and Anthony Richardson at minus 105. What? What? Where are you seeing that? I thought I saw it on on FanDuel. I'm just I have number ten overall pick up right now, and I'm not seeing those. Then maybe I was smoking crack and I saw something you else. You are smoking crack because there's okay. no way that shit's happening, especially after Jalen Hurts just signed the fattest contract. It wasn't even a thing about like they would draft him. I think it would be somebody else moves into that. Oh, spot. they trade the pick. I see. But, Okay, so we'll put those aside. Maybe I'm not, you know, I'll put my crack pipe. You think they trade the pick though? I no. think they stay put. No, and they, no, they don't trade the pick. Right. No. You have an opportunity. You're a stacked team, and you can get better. And what do we know about NFL teams? Is there's nothing better than a rookie contract. So I will go in order of three, two, one in terms of what I think their most likely uh, outcomes would be. I think Skaronski at plus fifty five hundred on DraftKings. Uh, value would be so Eagles to take him where they take a dude who can step in, play guard right away. And they can quote unquote groom him to play tackle if they decide to do so, but just continue to maintain that factory of excellence on their offensive line. They have the best offensive line in the game. I don't think it's particularly close and they could just put another dude who they don't have to worry about for the next 10 years and put him at one of the guard spots right away and then figure out down the road if he wants to play tackle that would be very on brand for them it would be very on brand for howie roseman um i i i would at plus 5500 if that's still what DraftKings is giving you it's 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 insane well so FanDuel right now has him has skaronsky at Plus two ten and two fifty. When I was looking this morning or this afternoon, and it's, and it's and compared to that, it was plus fifty five hundred on DraftKings. Why? I, I, can we take a break so that I can bet this immediately? Oh, go throw some money there. Holy! Hold on, hold on to your socks there. Um, I don't know if the odds are still there, but that, so that was number three. Number two, I think the Eagles have the huevos to take B. John Robinson. I do. I, I just, really? I just do ever. And, and the thing you keep hearing over and over, which like I've heard it so many times that like, it's hard not to believe it at this point is that everyone keeps saying that, like, look, we know the fat, we know the economic ramifications of drafting a running back in the first round vis-a-vis the fifth year option. He's going to go in the top 20 picks. He's not going to fall out of the top 20. Right. So I think For the sure. value he's, so him not being there at 30 means 
the Eagles can take him at number 10 and just be like, LOL, we'll take the best player available at 30, knowing that we're smarter than most of the teams or we do savvier shit than most of the teams because they do. Well, I mean, they clearly, I mean, they let Miles Sanders walk. So he's in, uh, was it Carolina Carolina now? Carolina. Um, Rightfully so, because he was, he was just fine. And, and and before you take any step, everyone, whoever is going to bring up Rashad Penny, please stop. Please, please stop. Like, just that train has sailed so long ago. The next time, Rash- the next time Rashad Penny has a healthy season is the first time he has a healthy season. It, it, right. Just, the just best stop. ability is availability, and that just guy stop. does not have it. No, um, Rashad Penny is not a thing. Rashad no. Penny is not a thing. Boston no. Scott is not a thing. Kenneth Gainwell no. is not a thing. Please nope. stop. Nope. But B. Sean Robinson is. Right? B. Sean Robinson's a dude. He is a top four prospect if, at worst in this class. And plus 9,500. Right? The Eagles. I'm plus do... 850 on FanDuel right now. Maybe the odds. Maybe I was just really high on something. Right? But I'm anyway, plus 850. But either way, plus 850 is still a. a, a that's, that's a really good odds. And I think I. I, and and he's been, but the funny part is he's been rumored there since the be, since the draft order was set. Everybody's like, oh, the Eagles are going to take him at ten, and then he's like kind of fluctuated and fluctuated and moved. Um, I know. So right now, all right. So this is gonna you're gonna you're gonna laugh at this. So teams to draft Bijan Robinson, Atlanta plus mm-hmm. two forty. Nope. Get the fuck out. Texans. Plus seven fifty. Definitely no. Get the fuck out. Um, and then Eagles are plus seven fifty. So would you rather take him to go to the and then Washington's at plus eight fifty? I would rather take him to the Eagles for, at plus seven fifty because there is a world. I know I'm contradicting it. Like but there's a there's a world where the Eagles could make a move up and get him with their second pick, and there's a world he could absolutely fall to thirty. I I, I totally believe it. I, I could see it happening for sure. Right. I agree. So when when you're already at that limit, um, going between 750 and 850 to to me, um, I, I think the value is more to pick the team in this scenario. Because again, you've got a team that has two shots in the first round, and we know he's going in the first round. Now, the team that I truly believe, or the player that I really believe the Eagles will take in number ten, um, I think. You can practically smell the fuck you from Howie Roseman when he takes this pick is Jalen Carter. And holy mother of God, if they take him, because you pair him next to Jordan Davis and shit on a stick. We're all we're all done. Right. Oh, and by the way, just as a quick aside, I just read a story the other day. They're like, they're really, really excited about N'Kobe Dean's development and how he's going to contribute to the next season. It's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. You're really surprised about the best fucking linebacker in last year's draft who everyone decided we're going to let him fall to the middle of the third round. And we're excited about his development and how he's going to contribute in the future. This is the shocker. This is my shocked base, the best fucking linebacker in the nation. And you're shocked that he's going to develop into something great. Shocker, right? Christ almighty. Everyone's going to look like a jackass once that guy hits, but let's just allow the Eagles draft him in the third round. Unfucking believable. Anyway, back to the point. Jordan Davis is already a monster. And if they put Jalen Carter from Georgia as well next to him, sweet. God help us all. Sweet and merciful Jesus. And I really do think, and it's such a Howie Roseman fuck you move. Like I could definitely see them being that guy. So what do we like better in this slot then? 
if I am like, if I need, if I'm looking purely at like, I am at risk aversion, then I'm taking Jalen Carter. If I'm looking at ROI, then I'm looking at Bijan. Okay. So you do both. Right. You just percentage it. Okay. I, I, I straight up hedge them. Cause it, it, to me, right. I think Bijan's like, your hedge. Yeah. Uh, it's like a, it's like a 45, 45, 10 in terms of like those two in the field. That, so again, cause like there's been numerous players over our uh, fandom that we've watched fall to teams, um, particularly the the Cowboys and Eagles. And when they take them, you're just like, no, anybody but you can any other team. And I absolutely would be crushed on draft night if the Eagles take Jalen Carter. And either of them, Robinson or Carter, either of them. Interesting. Every time. I mean, I, I, I had that cold sweat that when the Cowboys took Micah Parsons, I was like, I thought Micah Parsons was a head case, but I was like, but in that one scenario where he hits, heaven, heaven help us. And Lord, and Lord knows he's hit when the Cowboys took CD lamb, uh, when the Eagles took Jordan Davis last year, it's like, God, not, no, not there. Like, don't, don't go there. Right. All of them, I mean, among other players that I'm missing. Um, yeah, it's, uh, and Nicobe Dean and I'll I'll scream about that one for a long, long, long time. All right, so I gotta make my note. So I'm gonna put majority of my money, not money, but up for this pick on Jalen Carter, plus five hundred with a sprinkle of Eagles taking Bijan at plus seven fifty. Yeah. All right. All right. Now we're gonna run through a bunch of props on first, uh, first on FanDuel um, that are first of the position types to be taken. So won't spend too much time, I don't think, but we'll dive in as appropriate. Um, we'll start off with the easy one. I, we alluded to this earlier. First wide receiver drafted. Uh, don't touch this. Don't touch it at all. Jackson Smith and Jigba is like minus 125. Um, he is going to be the only receiver drafted in the first round. Maybe Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison gets in. I would be very surprised if they do. I think they firmly fall to the second round. Uh, so don't even bother. This is stay the fuck away. Just there's no money to be made here um, unless you're a compulsive gambler, like really, really compulsive. No, I d- agree. I, I don't think it's worth it. Uh, interesting value moving on to the other pass catcher. Uh, m- first tight end drafted. Michael Mayer is the favorite. Um Early spoiler, I think Mayer is grossly overrated, like grossly oh, overrated. Stop, stop. You hate Notre Dame. I do hate Notre Dame. Okay, so let's preface it with that. You hate Notre Dame. Yeah, still think he's still think he's grossly overrated. I really like Kyle Hamilton last year, actually. But um, Michael Mayer is grossly overrated, and I, I really like Dalton Kincaid. I know he's a little older. I know he's had the back thing. I, I would be very surprised if he's not the first tight end drafted, getting plus 130 for those odds. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. Um, so that's that. You touched on Skaronsky, first offensive lineman drafted, being over Paris Johnson. This is really interesting. I I, I like Paris Johnson quite a bit. I think Skaronsky is going to be the first one. Um, and plus two hundred, like you know, that's that's a thing. Right. I, how many how many opportunities do you get to to double your money? Yep. All right, we're gonna bold that one. And also, I think because. Because you also have to look at the market. In this scenario, Skaronsky was the favorite at minus 115, and you get some the, – the the news churns mm-hmm. and things change. And now he's at plus 200, and it's like, why? And this is fake news season right now. Like now, all the stuff now you hear between Sunday 
and Thursday of draft day, this is that's the stuff you start paying attention to. But like everything in the month of April or like everything in those like middle two weeks of April, complete garbage. Like real, like Will Levis, Indianapolis, particularly, although I could be wrong about that. Right. But like that type of stuff, this is when the hot fecal matter comes out. So if so, I look at the next one that, that we have on the board, well, I'm jumping. Yeah, no. Next one is first defensive player. Will Anderson, Anderson at plus 125? Yep. Will Anderson at plus 125, despite the fact that the con- all thinking is he's going to be the second overall pick. Why wouldn't I bet the farm on that one? Like, can I please cash those checks? Like, that just – It's kind of easy money right now. Right? Like, there's no shot. Like, oh, my God. All right. I'm going to be up really late tonight trying to manage my uh, portfolio here <laughs> because I need. I, I feel I need to place these bets immediately it's, and lock just, these in serious market imbalances get. here it's crazy i mean i know so like i was telling you earlier like weird stuff happened last year where um players just kind of kind of nobody knew where players were going to go so you had like the first overall pick was that trayvon walker was plus 300 plus 300 at number one overall that how that never happened so Last year was a really weird anomaly. Um, Agent H- Hutchinson's going over one and a half was plus two hundred. So him just even falling was was yeah yeah. Like him and, to Detroit was like the easiest layup since February. I don't know. I mean, the, the money was sitting out there. Devil Devin Derek Singletary was uh, um, first cornerback plus two seventy five. He surprised everybody. That was a shocker. Like that everybody was, shocker. was, everyone thought Sauce was going first. I would have. I was stunned when that happened. I mean, I wasn't stunned. Like I heard the rumors, but like I was. I think Sauce and, was my number and, one prospect in the entire draft. And, and how'd that turn out for Houston? Uh, in, incomplete. I'm not. I'm not going to grade that. He incomplete. Sauce was like Sauce, Sauce is, is incredible. He's incredible. Yes. But like it, it's still incomplete there. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw the farm yet at, at him. Um, Drake London ended up being the first wide receiver. He was plus three thirty five. Garrett Wilson was the favorite at that point. So I mean, so weird stuff happens. So if like we can like identify, and we know that weird stuff's gonna happen mm-hmm. because NFL front offices they're dumb aren't smart. They're dumb. Like they're I mean they're smart, but they still have like their buddy networks that influence them. And you have group thinking, all it's these think. factors that play into it that will skew the results of what should happen to what does happen. I'm going to go off on a very quick tangent. Um, one uh, one guy who works for CBS who I like, I like his stuff. I like reading his work and stuff like that. He put out a tweet the other day and he was like, you know, he's like, take everything with a grain of salt. He's like, because like in 2020, uh, was it 2020? It's 2020. He's like in 2020. Nobody would have nobody would have believed that uh, Tua was going to go number five to Miami and Herbert was going to go number six to to the Chargers. And I was like, I quickly pulled up my mock draft and I had Tua at number five to Miami and Herbert at number six. And what was why the re- why did I have? It was like no 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 Herbert's going to go number five to um to Miami. Everyone knows that. No no no. Why did I say Tua was going number five to Miami? Why did I know? Because Stephen Ross, the owner, said, "Take Tua." Right. Right. So whatever you're hearing from the scouts, whatever you're hearing from the front office, Stephen Ross did the thing where he begins on his airplane and goes, oh, by the way, we're taking Tua. Right. We, yeah, you, you, you can never underestimate the owner. They but, they have total control and they flex frequently. Dwayne Haskins. God bless. Right. 
Well, hopefully we won't have a meddling owner too much longer. So I'm still, I'm still like in like, everybody's like, are, are you celebrating? I'm like, no, it's no, done. I'm not celebrating. It's I'm not celebrating. I, I'm waiting. I need this to be official. This, like, I'm scarred from this uh, past uh, two and a half decades. I, I, I'm going to need some time. Um. Okay. Going back to the bets, uh, we talked about Willie Anderson, first defensive player, plus 125. That's a layup. First cornerback drafted is the same as first wide receiver drafted. Don't bother. It's Witherspoon. Just don't bother. Don't 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 waste your money. It's not going another direction. Uh, it's going to be um, uh, De- Devin Witherspoon. Like, just don't don't even give it a second thought. Um, okay, I'm going to give this is going to nerd out a little bit because none of the big names are at the position. First linebacker drafted. This is a niche bet. This is kind of a pet bet for me. I am not necessarily advocating it, but if you are interested and want to kind of like really throw a you some measurement of a unit there, whatever you want to call it, um, uh, you can listen up here. So um, I think Drew Sanders, who I really really like, Arkansas Kamikaze linebacker, a lot of fun. Uh, he's minus one twenty as the favorite. Um, I could see them teams talking themselves out of Sanders. I no shade to Sanders again. Love him. I think He's I have favorite. Him, I think of him on my top 20, top 22 overall in when my board comes out. Um, but Trenton Simpson at plus 380, the dude from Clemson, he's my number two linebacker, and he fits what teams are looking for more. I could see him being the first linebacker based off the fact that NFL teams are spooked by players who don't neatly fit a position and drew Sanders does not neatly fit a position. He's kind of everywhere. And Simpson looks more like your prototype weak side linebacker, or, you know, maybe a middle, but more like a, a, a will linebacker. So he's at plus three eighty. Uh, I'm not advocating strongly for this, but it's just interesting. To right. Me. So this would be a, a fractional unit bet. Yeah. Just as, as as we say, sprinkle because right now I'm I'm looking at it. Uh, Drew Sanders is minus one twenty, so yeah, he's the I favorite. Like- and then Jack Campbell, um, number two at plus one seventy. That's really really rich. That's like uh, he's he's a good player, but like wow, like I thought he was a day three guy, but like okay. wow, yeah. Interesting. So, um, yeah. Anyway, like if he's a third round guy, I wouldn't be surprised. But like I don't have him in the first two rounds. That's me. Uh, and then one, a couple of final fan duel bets. Uh, so we, uh, we talked about Anthony Richardson, um, in Indianapolis is plus 300 and Vegas is plus 380. Like, I don't think the Raiders are going to take Richardson. I really don't. Um, I, but it's just worth noting, but like Indianapolis at plus 300, I'm like, I mean, it's not a no brainer, but it's close. Well, so we already have Anthony Richardson at plus 300 to go number four. Four. Would right. you rather just take them at number four? It's a possibility. Yeah. I mean, I know the Colts have the fourth pick, but and I don't see them moving it. So which one do you take? Do you just uh, say potato, potato? I'll leave that to the betting public. Okay. So the next one, um, we we did talk about uh, team to draft Bijan Robinson. Um, I think we all agree that we are we are taking the Eagles at plus seven fifty. Like, and if you want to hedge. The team that I have heard that makes a little sense, not a lot, but makes a little, and I could definitely see it happening because they march to the beat of their own drum. Detroit at plus fourteen hundred. I could definitely Where see Where would that. they take in that though? Which which eighteen. Okay. At eighteen. 
They walk out so with spoon, I think, spoon and Bijan. I could I could absolutely see that happening. So I I think in this scenario I would I think I would place my initial bet on the Eagles at plus seven fifty, and then the way things roll, I might live bet him to go to the Lions. Hmm. That that would make a lot of sense. So I think I I think if I'm going to put something up front, I think I would go with the Eagles. Um, and then just see how the draft plays out because you, as as I said, you can always live bet. Yeah, because I was going to say if B. John crosses ten and he's not if he's not gone at ten, you that Detroit at eighteen starts looking real tasty. Right, and and then you still have the Eagles on the board if Detroit yep. doesn't take him. Yep. So I understand that he you're not going to get him at plus fourteen hundred if he gets past ten, but I think you'd still get him at a reasonable number. I don't think the odds are going to go down that much because I bet you a lot of money that if he crosses 10, a lot of dumb people are going to keep thinking Washington's going to take him at 16 and we're not going to take him at 16. And I bet you a lot of money is going to start running if, in that direction. If, if they if they honestly take him at 16, then it is utterly laughable and everybody in, their front, in the front office and the coaching staff need to pack up their bags because they're already cooked. I, I never they're want to all, say this about Washington because they'll, you know, they'll they'll find new and inventive ways to kick you in the groin. But even I, I don't think even they're that stupid. It just doesn't make any sense. It does not make any sense on multiple levels. Uh, and then staying on the topic of running backs, um, this is a hail mary. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now, but it's not a hail mary, but it's it's a, it's a little bit of a shot. It's a it's it's a shot. You think Tank Bigsby is going in the first round, don't you? Yeah, that no. <laughs> oh damn it! Uh, first team to draft Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. I like Cincinnati at plus seven hundred. I do. I, I wonder why. Do they have a need at running back for some reason? Because Joe Mixon can't stop doing Joe Mixon things. Is there just does Joe Mixon do Joe Mixon things? He like, does lots of Joe Mixon things. His uh, he, he had a three month stretch that is just incredible. Incredible stuff. I don't understand how he hasn't been suspended, talked about anything. Like, yep, nothing. I think they'll be ready to just wipe, you know, wipe their hands and move on from him. Uh, they clearly showed that when Samaje P. Ryan was in the lineup, they didn't really miss a beat. Um, so um, I'm gonna. So first team to draft Jameer Gibbs, um, put a pin on him because there's another team that I'm also eyeballing, even though I think I would be very angry if I were a fan of theirs, if they took him, but there's too much smoke connecting him. But so we'll, we'll circle back to that. Leave that as a cliffhanger. Um, Okay. And then the last fan duel bet that I have on my list, uh, just a personal favorite of mine, Stetson Bennett. What a douche quarterback Stetson Bennett of Georgia. Uh, I like him at plus 100 for being undrafted. Wow. You don't think somebody's going to take a no. chance on him? Nope. Nope. He spent the offseason doing the Johnny Manziel circuit. Nope. He, I mean, impressive college resume. He's also 43 years old, man. Like, he's just. He is, yeah. I, I right? mean, oh, why am I blanking? Um, Chris Wiggins. 49ers quarterback. Oh, Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy. Do we not get some Brock Purdy syndrome where it's like, it's the seventh round and you're like, why the fuck not? No, because Purdy, like, people liked Purdy. <laughs> Nobody likes Bennett. <laughs> no one likes Stetson Bennett outside of Athens, Georgia. Like, nobody. Right? Okay, so one bet that, that I was curious. So 
quarterbacks taken in the first round mm. over four and a half plus 125 under four and a half minus 155 do you think Hendon Hooker slides into the first round no I, and the only reason why is the ACL nothing gets Hendon Hooker I just I, I get the fifth year option securing him but I don't think a team wants to be on the hook. So there's a couple layers to this. I don't think the team wants to be hook on the hook for a developmental quarterback, paying him first round money on the fifth year option. And, you know, I, he played very, 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 very well for, for uh, Tennessee last year. He was a Heisman front runner. He should have won the, if he didn't tear the, I would say right now, if he didn't tear his Heisman, uh, tear his Heisman. if he didn't tear his ACL, he would have won the Heisman straight 100%. up, straight up. Right. Josh Heupel's offense is so gimmicky. It's so gimmicky. And I just, it does not translate well to the NFL. You're going to see some people, you're going to see some lots of angry ranting about one particular Tennessee wide receiver who everyone is talking about. And I could not, I could not touch with a 50 foot stick attached to a 60 foot stick. Cause like their offense is so gimmicky. Like it's just so, so college-y. So yeah. So, okay. So quarterbacks taken, we're, we're, we're going to take that bet off the board. I, I, I it wouldn't surprise me. I have heard it in from like various people, not just like fucktards like Mike Tannenbaum. Like I've heard it, but like I just, I, it doesn't make sense. I, I could see it happening. Well, I could see like, it happening, but I because like what? Let's say a scenario is you get four quarterbacks taken in the first first ten picks. That's probably going to happen. You don't think somebody slides in to the late first round and takes Hooker, like a Tennessee Titans. Tennessee, Tennessee Titans don't slide into the second no, round. No, because when okay. are you going to get them? Like, it, I, I look objectively, could it happen? Absolutely, of course it could happen. Right? It only takes one, as the saying goes. But as if from a purely logical standpoint, right? Like the most recent example, if memory serves me correctly, of a team trading up late into the first round to go get somebody was Lamar, Lamar Jackson. Right? Was Lamar Jackson? Huh? They, they like. He played in his rookie. Like, I don't know. I can't remember how many games. I think he started a couple. But like he, he played. played he was somebody. Season. He was a fucking Heisman Trophy winner, right? Yeah. And I mean, like, he was a baller. Really, really good in and a ready to play. offense. He was right? a baller. He was ready to play. You could plug him in immediately. Whereas Hooker, you Hooker's redshirting. He's it's a redshirt. Yes. Right. That's 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 the big reason why I can't see it happening. Okay. So again, that that's a stay away. Um. So one that I don't think you touched. So if we go homerism, position the the commanders take cornerback mm-hmm. plus one hundred, offensive lineman plus two hundred, quarterback plus nine fifty. Not going to happen. Tight end plus a thousand. So I highlighted uh, plus two hundred on offensive line. I think it happened. I think that if I do, I am talking about putting where my money is. Um, I think plus 200 for the offensive line is really where my, where my antenna goes up. Um, I, so a couple things, if Joey, Porter, if Joey Porter from Penn state falls to 16, I think he is on very high on Washington's big board. Um, I think it's a very distinct possibility that happens. I think Washington really likes a couple of guys, um, particularly the, this is why I have a big problem with this. And I'm still trying to wrestle within my head. The guys that Washington really likes are right tackles. What is the one position we spent big money on in this off season? Right tackle. Right tackle. Right. This is why. And I'm like, and please don't talk about moving Wiley to guard because now you've just made yourself even worse and you've done very silly things. And I don't think any of these guys uh, translate to left tackle. So all the current thinking is that Washington is going, is mostly leaning towards offensive linemen 
Um, and Washington in this current regime does tend to draft for need. It's pretty obvious that they went linebacker was a need wide receiver was a need. I can very well see them doing the same thing with the offensive line because it was hot garbage last year for uh, certain stretches of the season, particularly at the end. All of that being said, if Dalton Kincaid falls to 16, I think they have a long conversation. Interesting. I think they have a very long conversation because they like Logan Thomas. They like Logan Thomas as a dual threat in terms of blocking and receiving. I don't think they're going between Logan Thomas's contract this year and subsequent years. Thomas ain't the future. Right. So right. I, I think that's very much in the conversation. And I can, if this might be a live betting situation, but if. Uh, Agreed. That's if, where I was headed. I was if, like, I would not bet this pick whatsoever at all right now. I would tend to live bet it, see how the cards play in it. Joey Porter's around, I would want to live bet that. If Green Bay passes on Kincaid at, I think they're 14 or 15, I can't remember if they're right in front of us or two picks in front of us. Uh, if they pass, I, I, he they're, is they're very 15. much on the radar. So, so, right. So ESPN has Dalton Kincaid mocked at Green Bay at 15. And this is my personal bias talking about other things or people that I hate. Um, Peter Schrager mocked Dalton Kincaid to Washington, which means in my head state that that's the one pick that's definitely under any circumstance, not going to happen because that guy is so completely and utterly full of shit that like, you know, I, I plugged into three people. That's it. He has maybe, maybe a network of three. He is God. That guy is utterly unplugged when it comes to the, to the, to the rest of the NFL. And he is consistently and laughably wrong when it comes to Washington. I'm just going to put that out there. Oh, and by the way, I think he very quickly caveated this. Like he, in his last mock, I was like, oh, Peter Schrager picked this guy out of this team. He very clearly said, he's like, these are the picks that made the most sense to me. Who gives a shit? I don't care what makes sense to you. I want right. news. Right? Right. So right. anyway. Well, that's, but I, I think that's your point of like the mock drafts is, yeah. is people get, this is who they should take. And it's not, no, 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 no. We're not doing what they should take because nobody does what they should do. Nobody does what they should take. This is what they're gonna do. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy shit. Like, yeah. Like Sebastian Janikowski in the first round. Right. Um, I'm trying yeah. to think of other wild ass Raiders picks. Oh, so many. There's Darius a Hayward. list. Darius Hayward Bay. I mean, like Jesus. Like, where does the list end? Leatherwood. Uh, okay. The, the 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 Alabama tackle that just came out of nowhere. That they didn't they just cut him? Who was the guy from Clemson that they took the, the... Leland Farrell, who's now a healthy DNP? Right. Yeah. Uh, isn't he out of the league? I think he's still there, but like I said, he's basically like, you know, the water boy at this they point. They took him, what, top? Five. Four or five. And that so, was a that was I, a where the hell did that come from? No one saw that coming. No one saw that one coming. No. Um, they So I don't – do we have any of those wild cards left in the NFL right now where it's like we just don't know what – because the Raiders with Matt May, Mayock, like you, you did not know what they were going to do. Uh, and all the picks I'll also mention from the Khalil Mack trade, they except all of them except for Josh Jacobs, they just busted on, like just swing and a miss entirely. Uh, which is why you never trade paper for coins. Okay, couple of other picks that I want to highlight. I'm going to move over to DraftKings right now in terms of like prop bets. Uh, and you're talking about positional one. This is the one. It's only plus two eighty, but it kind of got my juices flowing. 
two running backs drafted in the first round. Right. Right. Everyone says B. John Robinson is going in the first round. I'd be hard pressed to disagree with them. I have Jameer Gibbs again. I think I mentioned as a top 20 prospect in this draft. He's a little small, but the dude can play. Everyone keeps talking about him as Alvin Kamara. I don't think he's that big, but the vibes are similar. And Cincinnati and the other team that I was alluding to, the mystery team, Buffalo, they keep coming yes. up when they keep coming up when it, with his name. It doesn't make sense. I, I really would. I'd be very disappointed for, as a Buffalo closet supporter if they took him. I don't like that at all. But it makes sense because Buffalo's other needs don't match what's available in the draft right now per se, right? So plus one eighty for an over one and a half running backs. It's not crazy. It's not crazy at all. That sounds no. I definitely like that one a lot. So. Because I, I absolutely could see it happen because I think uh, Robinson's going to go in the top 20. Mm-hmm. And then I could see somebody else sliding in there. And think about your Buffalo and you re- or Cincinnati, for that matter. You really I, I'm, like I'm looking at Cincinnati hard. You can't wait till the picks in the 50s and the 60s to get him. He's not going to last. Like, he's definitely right. not going to last that long. So you kind of have to shit or get off the pot at that point. Right. And they have a very, very blatant need. Um, another over under that I like, uh, on DraftKings as well, defensive backs, the under of five and a half is plus 140. So not the most amazing odds, but at least by my fingertip feel right now, I think only five defensive backs go in the first round. So again, under five and a half is plus 140. And I think only five secondary guys. So you got Witherspoon, Gonzalez, Joey Porter Jr., who I just alluded to, Deontay Banks from Maryland, and then safety Brian Branch from Alabama. Those are the only five who I think are locks for the first round. Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State, who I like to call Fred Smoot 2.0, he's the wild card, but I don't think he's going in round one. Is he, is he, um, so wait, how much percent of the world is uh, water? 66% of the world is water, 34% and of the world is smoot. Is smoot. So is, is it now him? It's he's not that, but it's the corner who was like six feet tall and 130 pounds soaking wet. Oh, so he's <laughs> right, like basically. And that's, can bench press two twenty five one time. Forbes can. Forbes was bragging about the fact, or like he was excited, or like trying to sell teams on the fact that at six feet tall, he's going to get up into the one seventies. Going to get up into the one seventies. Wow. As wow. a corner, that is tiny. He's so tiny. This is so, I'm, I'm talking like you're like average person. You're great. You're that's a healthy weight. You look fantastic. You, you you're on the beach. You're feeling good about yourself. But this is the NFL. Not an NFL cornerback. Oh my god, he's gonna get run over. I mean, can you imagine that dude lining up in front of like an AJ Brown type of receiver? Like, sweet merciful Jesus. Yeah, so, DK Metcalf will um, eat him. Yeah, literally floss with him. Yeah. Right. So. Like I said, I think Spoon, Gonzalez, Porter, Banks, and Brian Branch, those are the five. I, I I don't see a sixth one going in. So plus, you know, plus 140 if you if you're so inclined to go in that direction. God, man. There's so many bets. All right. So many bets. I got another one for you. Uh-oh. Offensive lineman in the first round. Yes. Under five and a half is plus two eighty-five. All right. Where so is that at? Uh, I saw DraftKings. I saw that I saw under five and a half at plus two eighty five. Okay, because I, I FanDuel. I think I have an old number. They were at the under five and a half was at plus one sixty. 
So we've, so we've gone up. So, and that's because everyone's like, I, I've heard some people like, oh, we could have seven in the first round. I'm like, yeah, I, I see it. I understand where you're coming from, right? But like, so let's let's look at it legitimately. Skaronsky, as mentioned, Paris Johnson, as mentioned, Broderick Jones, we talked about it. Dewan Jones, big dude, right tackle, Ohio State, massive dude. And then Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Those five are locks, like lock, stock, smoking barrel right there, right? And then you've got... So you got Osiris Torrance, who's a guard from Florida. His name is come, popping up. Anton Harrison, tackle from Oklahoma. His name is popping up. Cody Mock is a is in tackle guard, whatever you want to look at in North Dakota State. Tipman from uh, from Wisconsin. Steve Avila from uh, from TCU. That's like the next tier down. I don't Torrance like everyone. I think Torrance is getting inflated. The guard from Florida because he's the only real good guard besides Avila prospect and like pure guard. I think he's a little overrated, but like. And then there's this thing where like this that just came out today. I think it was today where like people like Darnell Wright, uh, there's some skeletons in the closet. You got to be worried about that one. The dude from Tennessee, even though he's like mm. a, he's, he's a, he's a dude at right tackle. Right. But like, that's the type of shit that makes players fall farther than they were supposed to. Right. Did they end so, up in the third round in Philadelphia? <laughs> I would not be the slightest bit. <laughs> so what if your first, like, what if right falls? So now you're looking at Skronsky, Paris, uh, Broderick Jones, Dewan Jones, and then like Torrance as your five, and then everybody else are firmly in the second round. It's not as certain as I feel about the defensive backs, but it's it, there, if you just look at the pure math, it's very possible. So, wait, what did you have the under at again? 285. 285. Ooh. All right. Again, I think, I think this is a scenario where you, where you take your betting units and you, you appropriate it um, based on the odds. So I would not do a full betting unit on this. I'm looking at more like a, like a quarter to a half. Okay. So prop bets for guys taken in round one. I think you touched on hook. You did touch. Not, I think I did. You touched on hooker at plus 100. Was it plus 100 going in the round in the first round? I have plus 100 on for DraftKings for me. Okay. No, I had what teams were going to take him. Oh, okay. They're so all true. over the place. So, like, the Vikings are the front runners at. I, they're currently at plus five hundred to take him. Raiders are, I think, plus six hundred. Tennessee's plus six hundred. Then you have the Lions, Ravens, Seahawks, Colts. Blah blah blah. Minnesota. Everyone keeps saying that because they're you have the Kirk Cousins contingency, right? Like he could red shirt behind Kirk Cousins, and they hate Kellen Mond. So, like, you know, they could that that thing is there um hooker plus 100 it goes in the first round it's not worth it to me as i we've already no right um right we've already disqualified that what a couple of three 600 to tennessee yeah i don't know i mean i hate to like oh he's already in tennessee anyway like type of train of logic but like unfortunately those things actually have viability um and plus they got a new stadium they gotta they gotta fill i i well in a couple years I hate the logic of pulling the plug on Malik Willis already. Like we knew a long he was, shot. Anyway. We knew he was two or three years away. And like, it's, I, you know, I, I could see a team doing it particularly because this is not the regime that drafted him. Um, I just, I'm, I get frustrated with those things, but that's just me. Well, unfortunately the regime regime that drafted him was actually a good regime that was trying to build a contender while also slightly rebuild at the same time which is literally impossible to do mm -hmm. but that's basically what ownership asked them to do so this isn't like the the the, the washington wizard wizards uh tommy shepherd um clean up this mess that was made and 
keep us in the playoffs, but also do what I want and rebuild on the, you know, you, you can't do it. Um, there, there's a lot of thought. I don't think Robinson was as, as bad as he was made out to be and as good as he was made out to be. Um, a thought that I would have never thought would have come out of my mouth, but I think Mike Frabel did a, such a damn good job of coaching so many players over there. I never thought he was going to be a good coach. He's fantastic. He's really, really good. He's really good. I just know your fans are buff about it. Three guys who I really like, I should say one guy who I really like and two guys that are interesting for round one bets. Uh, Maisie Smith, defensive tackle from Michigan. Um, he is the second best defensive tackle or interior defender, defensive lineman, probably in this draft, unless my it's late, so my, my brain not be, might not be working. Um, but there's a few teams towards the second half or like the last eight picks of the draft, so the last quarter of the draft that need interior defensive linemen, and he fits nicely. Six foot six, 325, uh, 323 pound, like just cement pillar, right? Like big boy, like he fits the archetype. I could very easily see him going in the first round. Uh, plus 120 so you know the odds are not the best but like you know it's a thing two guys that caught my interest uh jonathan mingo who's a wide receiver from ole miss now the only reason and i still maintain my stance on this guy but the only reason he caught my eye was that when peter schrager dropped his mock draft he mentioned mingo in the first round i've never seen that i've never seen that and like again i think he's completely full of shit but it's worth noting because he's at plus 400, right? And it there, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest, you're not selling me. I'm not going to touch this one. That's fair. But considering after Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver class, like I like Zay Flowers. I think a lot of people don't like him because he's under 180 pounds. And some people are terrified that he's Tavon Austin. Who's the USC guy? So Jordan Addison's too small, right? Addison can play. No, wide he's going to be a beast because I need him to do well for my fantasy team. But he he's he's small, and I hate I hate how Lincoln Riley used him last year. I hate it. Um, and then there's a big drop off of like I don't I could go on for 20 minutes about the about TCU wide receivers. So I'm going to spare you about Quentin Johnson. I already told you how I feel about Jalen Hyatt. I already alluded to that. So like all the like there's a big drop off after like Flowers and maybe um, Jordan Addison. And Mingo being a guy at 6'2", 220, playing in the SEC for crazy-ass Lane Kiffin, right? Like, that could be a thing. I, I'm not advocating for it, but, like, it's interesting to me. Are there footholds, like, from Lane Kiffin to an NFL team in the late first round that would take him? Nah, not really. Everyone thinks Lane Kiffin's crazy because he is. <laughs> um. And then finally, the other dude, uh, Sam Laporta, who's a tight end from uh, Iowa. I hate same school comparisons. They're lazy. They're stupid. But he he's not George Kittle because George Kittle is 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 a is a dude. He's fantastic. But, but he's a two hundred and forty five tight pound tight end who runs a sub four six and catches everything. He's my number two tight end in a class that is fucking, fucking loaded with tight ends. How do you have him number two? Because I have him number two, I have him over Mayor. I have him over. I, that's what I'm Washington. saying. Like Mayor is, Mayor is usually the consensus one, and you have him at three. God, he's he's, he's so stiff. He's so stiff. Uh, is this the Irish bias? It's thirty-one percent. 
See, I, I have to put that grain of salt in there because I know how strong that bias is. I'm not the only one who doesn't, who has Mayer outside the top two. I'm, I'm, I'm how well did he really play? Mayer? Yeah. He was force fed targets. He was force fed so many targets because they didn't have anybody else. So, so he just, so his good stats on a bad team because they he were was, a bad team last year. He, his target share, I think he had the highest target share of any tight end in college last year. Interesting. All right. So Sam Laporta. Yep. Tight end, Iowa. Iowa. Plus 550. To be in the first round. I, I, it's, 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 it's a real shot in the dark. I've never seen, not that mock drafts are worth a damn, but like I've, I haven't seen anything else. But if there's a team who was like, I really like this. I mean, so I uh, can't remember who it was, but they did a great point. I think it was Robert Mays. But he was like, tight end is the one position where it's like the numbers matter. The numbers really, the athletic testing numbers really matter. If you can catch, if you've got the big radius and you've got the numbers to back it up, like you have to hit certain thresholds, these matter because this is where the t- direction of tight end going, the directions of tight ends are going. You need a freak. Like you need an athletic dude. Laporta's a dude. He's a dude. I'll put that in my notes. He is a dude. Like him a lot. All right. Plus 550, though. Plus 550. Okay, so we're talking, again, we're talking a sprinkle, not a fullback. All right, wrapping this up, because this has gone on long, but hopefully the value is here. That's because the content's been fantastic. Like we've, I, think, I think we've covered a lot. I think we've given the, uh, so outside of your usual public, we've now invited the betting public, and I think we've given them some really good sustenance to whet their appetite. Wet with an H. <laughs> um. DraftKings prop bet. Who will be drafted earlier? Anthony Richardson plus 285 over Will Levis? Yes. Plus 285. Really? Can can I bet this right now? You I, should like you should pause and go bet this right now. I will now. go bet this right now. And oh my god. Paint like plus 285? That's my Anthony Richardson bet. Out of all the bet, like I'm I don't think I need to bet anything other than him before Will Levis. All right, running through a couple of quick final, 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 and these are on FanDuel, I think. This is the first position drafted by team. I think you talked about this with somebody else. I can't remember who it was. Uh, Washington, particularly, among others. Um, Okay, so we touched on Washington. I won't go there. Um, Buffalo, I mentioned running back. Um, If I were Buffalo and you were Running back plus 1,500. Plus 1,500. Plus 1,500 for running back. But defensive lineman's plus 150. So that's their favorite. Wow. Linebacker is my favorite at plus 300. Okay. Right. Now, the problem is the value doesn't match, right? In terms of like what they're looking for. Cause like a guy like Trenton Simpson that I was talking about, I think would be just a bit too rich for their blood, but I could be wrong. I think I had a mock there in my last one, but I can't remember. Not that that means anything again. Uh, The Chargers. Everything you hear of the Chargers is they want to draft more dudes for Justin Herbert because that makes a lot of sense. I don't think one of those dudes are going to include a wide receiver. I don't. I do think that a tight end could very much be in the conversation because Gerald Everett is good, but he's not like a dude, dude. And plus 350. And I have seen it. Uh, Crazier things have happened. Um, They have a new offensive coordinator who may be pre-predilected to ignore their running back. And we all know about Austin Fields over there. Like this could be a B. John Robinson spot. 900 for rb hmm. what are they doing what are, what are they doing with austin eckler 
I think he plays out this year and they trade him next year. Okay. Cause that, that the, the, the trade request was interesting. So one of the things we did not touch is all of the crazy storylines that are out there in the There's NFL so right now. There's so you many. Know, it's been another two hours on that. Right. Um, and so Austin Eckler is, 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 I think, I think that's a forgotten one at this point. So for, for um, the chargers to consider running back in the first round would be a massive shockwave if they pulled that trigger. Less sexy ones, um, but I think these are kind of a little, little more gimmies. Two teams, uh, Minnesota at wide receiver. I keep seeing this. Um, it makes a ton of sense because they've got Justin Jefferson and then nobody, nobody. nothing. Um, now it just it comes back to there's not a lot of value at wide receiver. It's plus 175. Are they a smart team? Say it again. Are they a smart front office? Yeah, they're dude. The guy I forgot his name. Uh, the new guy that they just hired as GM last offseason, who they replaced Rick Spielman with. I can never. Uh, I can. I. I don't want to mispronounce his last name, and it's not coming to me because my brain's not working right now. Um, but because um, otherwise they're so plus one seventy five wide receiver and corner are the same, and then the next one is defensive lineman of plus four hundred. I think corner is too much of a cliche. I don't think they're going to do that again. Like that. That's kind of just become a gag at this point. Like. I can't see them doing it yet again. I mean, I could, but everything I keep saying is wide receiver. Uh, but speaking of corner, um, everyone keeps presuming the Giants are going to take a wide receiver because they have kind of got like you know you me and Duke they've got a hodgepodge. They've got a real hodgepodge. I don't they... think I I think I think uh, you know his uh, Brian Dayball's good with the Stooges that he's got assembled there, and like he's trying to clean up the the fart in the room that was Kenny Galladay. So he's like, I don't want to go chasing big names at receiver right now. I'll fix that later. And I think they want to fix everything else because, you know, Daniel Jones fixes everything. They gave the bag to Daniel Jones. So you have to ensure that the bag is safe. And the only thing and, and what we learned with, you know, the Eagles is you have to put weapons in an offensive line around a quarterback and he will succeed. And I don't think I think Dable will say I can get my dude in round two. Interesting. Right. Yeah, if this was like other wide receiver classes. I'd say it's a, yeah, it's pretty layup. But like the 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 quality of the, the so next year's wide receiver class, though, you would be all in on them. I don't know much past Marvin Harrison Jr. and I don't care. Nobody cares because nobody cares past him. Because I mean, good Lord Almighty! I mean, I, I've been. This is a question I've been like thinking about. I'm like, he's. If he's not the best wide receiver prospect since Calvin Johnson, then he's the best wide receiver prospect since Julio Jones and AJ Green. Because like, wow, he's that. He is that dude. He is that dude. Uh, number one overall. I don't care what people. I, I like Caleb Williams and I like the other the dude from UNC. I still have to do much more homework on, but like he's number one. He's number one. Just don't don't even think about it. So, so as a as a Commanders enthusiast, I would not be upset if they tank for Caleb. As he shouldn't. He's a DC guy. Yeah, I think that would be fantastic. The, the whole franchise needs a reset, and this is a lost season, and I have no hopes for it whatsoever. And I will continue to uh, move forward with that starry outlook. Caleb Williams has retweeted several or put something several positive stories on his Instagram when regarding the Redskins sale. He was very enthused by it, and he really appreciates the new naming that they're going to go with. It has to happen. It has to. That gravy train going. All right, we have covered a butt ton of content, which got to give the people what they the want. first round. I think we have the first round. I think we have at least we have more than ten solid bets that we've presented 
um, I'm going to say that I will probably whittle it down to 10 that I will actually bet and bet aggressively. I will be very curious to hear a, what those are come draft night when you come over and B if we hit on them, I feel good right now, but this, these last, these last few days is when shit hits the fan. Cause like, these are what I like to call the wait, we're drafting Dwayne Haskins days because like, this is when all the stories start to come out and things start to get really weird. And like Tuesday, Wednesdays when all like the real news starts trickling out. Cause that's where the actual real conversations are happening. But I think we've, I'm still very comfortable with the, with the prognostications we've made. I think we have some, some juicy tidbits that we can go with. And I think Will, uh, Will Anderson uh, bets, I think are safe at this rate. And there are a couple other ones that I others. am quite, uh, quite happy with so i'll spare everyone the closing about subscribing and saving because i haven't updated this podcast in god knows how long for a variety of reasons because we didn't do an nba podcast whatsoever nope. we didn't we didn't do a Not preview me. we didn't do a nba playoffs uh, Nothing. we didn't do anything Squadoosh. i know but we'll get there we will but thank you guys for listening to me this far would love the feedback and otherwise we'll talk to you later Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.